0: Amen. Thank you band. You guys are amazing. Well, our scripture lesson today is Luke 19:10. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, but I want to add a little bit to that from Luke 15. The tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to Jesus. And the religious leaders grumbled, this Jesus receives sinners and eats with them. And so the Lord told them this parable, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open county, country and, and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And he comes home and he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. This is the word of the Lord. Well, today, guess what we're going to talk about? Nemo. Check out how the story starts. Couple well, of parents all excited about the brand new babies that are just hatched and suddenly out of nowhere comes a barracuda, eats mom and all the babies except for little Nemo. Kind of reminds me of the atmosphere when Moses was born. The edict from the Pharaoh was all male babies are to be killed and, well, obviously Moses' mother just couldn't imagine that so she put him in the in a little basket put him out in the Nile full of crocodiles Pharaoh's daughter found him brought him home and he became Moses and and you know it's kind of interesting you know, every now and then I'll be in a conversation about the Bible and someone will bring up what kind of a God would kill all the firstborn of the Egyptians and I'm saying, well, you know the kind of God that told them I don't like you killing my little babies." okay God has a way of bringing about his his justice and and I bring all this awkwardness up because we do live in a frightening world during the prayer I mentioned China i I was trying to figure out what's all the you know this the conversation about the Olympics being boycotted and as I did my homework, I realized China's actually, they've they've created a billion-dollar business harvesting people's organs to sell, okay? There's a huge portion of the the country that they're genociding, these Muslims. Uh, There's forced slavery so that, you know, they can... make money with the big corporations across the globe and 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 you realize wow that's going on in China but actually that's what's been going on the entire history of of the earth and it's comforting to know that that when you belong to God he has a plan for your life he 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 protects your path in fact he puts you forth to go on an, an adventure through life with him for him where you experience what what life with God is all about And in our story, Nemo's dad, he's overprotective. And so, well, he takes his son to school and finds out that their first day, they're going to do a a road trip to the drop-off, where the shallows meet the deep. Okay, and um, you know, Nemo's been instructed, stay away from such a dangerous place. All right. It's not safe. That's my boy. So, first, we check to see that the coast is clear. We go out and back in. And then we go out and back in. And then one more time, out and back in. And sometimes, if you want to do it four times... Dad. All right, come on, boy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on! Hold on! Wait to cross. Hold my fin. Hold my fin. Dad, you're not gonna freak out like you did with the petting zoo, are you? Hey, that snail was about to charge. Dad, Dad, can I go play too, can I? I would feel better if you go play over on the sponge beds. <gasps> <gasps> That's where I would play. Just so you know, he's got a little fin. I find if he's having trouble swimming, I let him take a break. 10, 15 Dad, minutes. Dad, it's time for you to go now. Yeah. Yeah, I did say overprotective, Yes. And, and, you know, when you're overprotective, you start to get in the way of our children's development. We don't prepare them to get out in the real world where they're going to deal with bullies and the awkward habits, bad habits that, you know, people have. And, and it's this fine balance as Christian parents. You know, how far do we, you know, indoctrinate them into the ways of the world and make sure that they keep the ways of God as their primary source. You have to remember, Nemo's dad lost his wife. And that's why he's overprotective. I think sometimes pain drives the way we behave. And this is one style of parenting. David had a completely different style. He didn't prepare his kids by, by being absent. You know, well, Absalom kills one of his brothers and David doesn't do anything about it. And so Absalom decides, well, I'm going to try to kill my dad too, later in the story. Um, Solomon, we talked about this this past week. You know, David has a very close personal relationship with God, but he doesn't pass it on to his son Solomon, who when he has encounters with God, that's that distant creator instead of that personal God. And a distant creator isn't somebody that you get to know, and therefore Solomon succumbs to idol worship from his many wives and ruins the kingdom. And I guess I'd like to say that if you're having a close personal relationship with God, it's not too late to pass it on to your children and your friends to make sure that you're sharing what God is doing in your life with the people around you so that that can inspire them to step forward into a relationship with the Lord. Well, Nemo, his overprotective dad is getting on his nerve and he decides, time for my independence. You are in big trouble, young man. Do you hear me? Ah! Daddy, help me! I'm coming Nemo! Get out of me, kids! Nemo, no! Nemo! Nemo, Nemo! No! No! Wow, could you imagine the frightening moment when your son gets abducted? See, he decided to put his independence into... uh, into work, and guess what happened? You know, gets scooped up by a scuba diver's net and ends up in a dentist's office in Sydney, Australia, uh, in the fish tank, to be sold, okay? And and Nemo, he had a choice to obey his father and not venture out into the the deep, but he decides he wants to touch the boat, and the consequence was he got captured. And, And we have consequences in our decisions as well. You know, when we disobey God, we get captured by sin, which usually takes us further than we intended to go and keeps us longer than we intended to stay and makes us pay more than we anticipated. A similar situation happened for you and me when when we chose to be independent from the Father's watchful care and we got caught in a net, a web of lies that Satan put out that caused us to be separated and abducted from the care of God and stuck in this world without him. But here's the powerful element of who God is. When we strayed, God went in pursuit of each one of us. He calls us back to himself. He never lets us be comfortable away from life with him. And Nemo's dad, he undergoes a search for his son. And in this search, he has to deal with great whites that try to eat him in all kinds of dangerous circumstances. And it becomes a really interesting situation because here he is in the eastern Australian current Okay, kind of like the highway of the oceans and well He gets out and starts telling everybody hey They abducted my son and what's funny is the fish tell the turtle who tells the dolphin, who tells the seagull, who tells the pelican, who happens to know where Nemo is, okay? It's kind of, you know, this interdependence on the different sea creatures is is the way the body of Christ operates, okay? You know, we pass the message on to somebody who shares it with another person, who, who, who tells it to somebody else who, you know meets Jesus Christ. It's really a beautiful thing. You get to be a clog in the wheel. Maybe it's your prayers. Maybe it's your finances. Uh, maybe it's the way you, you know, are inconvenienced with your, your schedule. However it is that you participate in sharing the gospel message, the goal is that somebody else might meet Jesus. You know, I love the way missionary stories are. People in America pray for folks in Africa, and those prayers arrive right when they're about to be killed, and the prayers Bring about, you know, guardian angels that save the warriors and, and the missionaries, I mean. Uh, you know, we, we, we send uh, gifts like this one uh, hot, this rubber hot water bottle. It was really needed to keep this baby alive. And somebody just randomly throws it into the box to goes to the missionaries. And they open it up and they go, this is exactly what we needed. How did anybody know? Nobody ever sends this. You know, letters come of encouragement when the, when the missionaries are at their wits' end and they're so full of despair. Money arrives that keeps kids' lives alive. This is how you and I participate in the ongoing kingdom of God with people that we don't even know, but God knows. And He uses what we do. Well, Dory is Nemo's dad's partner in the quest to find a son, And she's a little bit of a challenge because she suffers from short-term memory loss. If you've ever been around somebody with short-term memory loss, it's a little bit of a challenge to, you know, do anything with them, right? And yet in spite of this very difficult shortcoming, she has one amazing gift. She's an encourager, okay? She's continually optimistic. Every time they get into an awkward circumstance, she reminds him that we're going to find your son. And and as dad gets overwhelmed with despair, he learns a very difficult and yet essential trait for all of us to obtain our dreams, and that is to persevere. Maybe that's not a bad song to get stuck in your head, you know, to keep going forward even when life seems to stop, even when things aren't working out. Thank you. Thank you. Fish, amazing. Bring them down for me. Thank you, Lincoln. But, But what a song to have stuck in our head. You know what? When life tumbles upon us, keep going forward. Keep pursuing the Lord. Don't give up. You know, my wife and I, we have this statement about the 11th hour, God, when everything's falling apart and nothing's working out, you stay close to him, you stay connected to him, and then when all hope is lost, guess who shows up? The Lord, and he takes care of us and puts you into the next chapter of your journey. Well, we're all called to be encouragers. I found a passage in Hebrews 10 that I want to read to you, and I really want you to receive this. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near encouraging one another you know don't underestimate the power of an encouraging person you know hope is to is life to our souls it's something it's believing that something good can happen it's believing in the promises of god even though they haven't arrived yet. It means you're not hoping with a wish and a prayer. You're believing and anticipating the right moment when God's going to show up with what it is you're asking Him for. And we all need those people like Dory in our lives that remind us while you're in this this place of darkness, there's still light that's going to be shining upon you. There's still that moment when you're going to achieve your dreams. You know, I was thinking about Abraham Lincoln. You know, politically, he was a complete and total failure. Every single thing that he did in his political life didn't work out until he became the president of the United States, the greatest president in our history, okay? And I think after three or four failures, that probably would have called in for another career, But he knew what God called him to do, and he pushed through, and look what God did. And I guess I'm trying to tell you that keep swimming, keep believing, keep going forward with the Lord. And all the while, while Nemo's father is trying to find him, Nemo's trying to get home. But he's in a fish tank, and so they come up with this plan to get out of the fish tank, and it almost kills Nemo, and he goes, okay, I guess that's it. I'm stuck here until he gets the news. Your father is looking. For you no, he's riding with a bunch of sea turtles on the East Australian current, and the word is he's headed this way right now to wow. Sydney! <laughs> he was looking for you after all, Sharkbait. <sighs> he's swimming in the filter! Sharkbait! <gasps> <me>! Not again! <laughs> you see the determination on his face when you know somebody's interested in your journey when you know someone's coming looking for you when you realize how much God loves you it suddenly changes the way you do life suddenly you're willing to step into that awkward journey and and go help somebody else get saved by Jesus Christ you know the apostle Paul has this crazy resume in in second Corinthians chapter 11 He's talking about his, his uh, discipleship. I've been in far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and, and often near death. Five times I received by the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys and frequent dangers from rivers and robbers and my own people and the Gentiles in the city, in the wilderness, at sea, from false brothers and toil and hardship through many a sleepless night and hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from all this was the concern I had for the churches. All that he's going through, he's got one purpose in mind for the people of God, the family of God, that people might meet Jesus. He he makes this one statement that that some might be saved. And and you realize, wow, this is why he lived. And friends, this is what you and I are called to live for. And and it's kind of a, a, a gut check moment. Am I living so that somebody else will meet Jesus Christ? Or am I just enjoying the blessings is my prayer life, does, is anybody on the list that doesn't know Jesus that needs to meet Jesus, somebody in my sphere of influence? Does my, my checkbook show that I'm, I'm investing in the ministry so that somebody might meet Jesus? Is, is my extracurricular time, does it have any place where, where I'm helping the poor or struggling or, or needy or involved in a ministry? You know, it's kind of fun. I want to go back to the church a moment. Did you see everybody in the fish tank? how they all came together to help Nemo get connected to his father, reconnected to his father. This is exactly what the church is all about, helping people get connected to the Lord. You know, when I got here, there was so much poverty on 192 that I said, you know, we ought to do something about it, and we prayed about it, and out of that prayer came the Community Hope Center. And over the past, you know, I don't know, 10 years, we spent a million dollars on that project. And we've saved over 90,000 souls. 90,000 souls have been touched because of that ministry. Okay? I mean, that's just a lot of people since 2013. And, and I guess what I'm, I'm telling you is what happened is we decided we wanted to do something and we, we, we put it into motion and church members came around it and folks caught the vision and now people who are broken on the streets have a place to have their lives get put back together in the name Of Jesus Christ you know that's one of our missions I'll tell you an in-house ministry that's amazing is our life groups you know usually in our lives at some point in the journey we fall apart a crisis happens and when you're in a life group somebody steps in and says let's help you carry that burden and you become not just somebody who's learning information about the Bible you become the family of Jesus this is what it means to be the church well, let's get back to Nemo's dad. <clears throat> you know, he, he never recovered from the trauma of losing his wife. And, you know, he's in this very cautious mindset. And he undergoes a personal transformation. You know, as I mentioned, he escaped many dangerous situations. But now he encounters a moment that changes his life. What is going on? So let me tell you what's going on here. They need to find the right harbor. And so Dory asks the whale, can you take us there? He immediately swallows them, okay? Uh, obviously Nemo's dad doesn't think she knows how to speak whale. She's not excited about being swallowed by a whale. And now it's time to let go from the mouth. Be swallowed into the throat. He's holding on to the tongue. And this is where he has to make a decision, do I let go? Because when he lets go, yeah, he gets swallowed into the throat that gets launched out of the blowhole and placed exactly where he wanted to be. And, And for all of us, you know, the security that God offers us, it's not a promise of what won't happen. It's a promise of what will happen. I will be with you in whatever situation you are in, especially difficult times. You see, we need to trust God on our journey and sometimes let go of what we're trying to control. You know, we we, we try to control our lives and we were not designed to control our lives. In fact, we usually don't do well when we're in control of the remote, okay? No, we were created for Him to be in control of our lives and Him to plan out our destiny and and follow His lead as He goes forth before us. And, And, you know, He said something bad might happen. Yeah, We live in a sin-tainted world. Bad stuff happens. But we belong to a God who redeems our painful moments and then puts into motion first a growth opportunity for our faith and then creates a beautiful landscape for our future. You see, I think when we hold on to safety and security, you know what we lose? The adventure of faith. You know, we just play it cautious and we don't take a risk and we, we, we hold back and, and never go forward. I remember one time I went with friends to uh, the, the Mediterranean and you know they said, oh, we heard that Barcelona's a really dangerous city. We shouldn't go out there. And so you know I'm standing at the window and I'm looking at two girls in bikinis walking to the beach and I'm like, okay, I'm a fighter from Los Angeles. I think I can handle things, all right? And I go out, and we have the most exciting time walking the beach and seeing the amazing architecture. And my friends, they did not leave the hotel and missed one of the more beautiful cities of the world. And I wonder how many times we miss beautiful moments with God because we hold back, you know, uh, or maybe it's our finances where we're afraid we won't have enough for retirement so we don't invest in other people's lives being saved. Maybe it's the fear of failure. Okay, you know, what if, what if things don't work out and so nothing happens in our lives, but, but you know, let me read to you one of my favorite uh, quotes. It's The Man in the Arena by Theodore Roosevelt. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat." I'm afraid there's too many cold, timid souls in the church. No victory, because we're so afraid of defeat. And so nobody gets saved. Nothing moves forward. The kingdom of God gets stalled. And I want to remind you of something. You're invited to partner with God. He doesn't say, hey, go out there and good luck. He says, follow me and let's go do something miraculous. And so I guess I'd like to invite all of us to think in terms of let's go forward with the agenda of God, with the spirit of God, and and watch the the work of God take place in our lives. And and, and you know what? I I think this whole idea of just letting go, um, when you hand control over to Jesus... Uh, This is kind of a Holy Spirit moment. Remember in John chapter 3 where Jesus talks about you must be born of the Spirit. The Spirit blows where it wills and you don't know where it came from. You don't know where it's going. But when you let the Spirit of God guide you, you end up exactly where He wanted you to be. And, And we need to just trust that inner voice and follow it and see where the Lord's taking us. And and what's amazing is when he let go of the the whale's tongue, something changed in him. It's like when you see the power of God, uh, answered prayer take place in your life, suddenly you're willing to to step forward. And so now, as Nemo's dad is, is stepping forward with the new strength, a pelican swallows him. And he says, okay, I didn't come this far to become somebody's lunch. And he lodges himself in the pelican's throat until he throws him up. Okay? And sometimes you need to fight that hard to see somebody else come to Jesus. Sometimes you need to, it it costs you something so that somebody else might meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes you have to fight the good fight. And, And on the other side, while, you know, dad's making his way to his son, Nemo, he makes his way through lots of circumstances to the drain that goes out into the ocean. And here they are just about to meet and dad gets faulty news. It's too late. And so here he is right on the cusp of obtaining his, his, his whole purpose in, in, in this story to find a son. And somebody says, too late. Imagine just the heartbreak. Well, you know, Brendan Manning has a statement that many Christians give up right before the blessing arrives. And if you've been praying for it and you've been moving in that direction and you've been aiming at it, I'm gonna suggest just keep swimming. Just keep believing. In fact, remember when Jesus is is pursued by the synagogue official, he says, "My, My 12 year old daughter's about to die, and on the way to go heal her, they say, Forget it, she's already dead. And Jesus says, Only believe. And maybe that's our word only believe. Even though the circumstances look dire, believe that God's going to fulfill what He promised. And guess what's going to happen? Out of nowhere, the supernatural power of God shows up. Well, father and son find each other. Did you really do all the things you say you did?. Oh, don't be alarmed. Oh, we just wanted to make sure that our newest member got home safe. Thanks, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. Keep up with the program, Dory. Remember, fish are friends!